0: Well, good morning. Each week during Advent, we have been looking at something from the beginning of the four Gospels. We have looked at the opening scenes of these Gospels that tell us a lot about what it meant back then and what it means today for us that Jesus has come. So we've looked at the Gospel of Mark and Mark's picture of John. We looked at the Gospel of Luke and his picture of Mary and Matthew's picture of Joseph. And today we get to look at John's picture of Jesus of the word made flesh and dwelt among us. These amazing 18 verses are not just about the birth of Jesus, but they're about the full meaning of everything he was, he is, and he did. So let me read for us from John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, John bore witness about him and cried out, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen the God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you for John's writings, and that he points us to your son and to how significant he is for us all. May we believe that today, whether we come here excited to worship you, whether we are apprehensive, burned out, exhausted, whether we are questioning or angry or frustrated. Lord, whatever place we are in right now in our hearts, calm us to hear your word and be reminded of your love. In your name, amen. So when I was a kid, my parents would occasionally at Christmas wrap up a few presents ahead of time and put them under the tree. And this drove me crazy. I would want to know what those presents were, so every time I'd walk by the tree, I would look at those presents. If my parents were not around, I would touch the presents, perhaps even shake the presents. I wanted to know what they were. Well, one year, I remember my parents put a present next to the tree, and it was a large present wrapped up like a candy cane, and it consumed me. I want to know, what could that be? I kept looking at it every day. I would walk by it, and when my parents were not around, I would touch it, I would shake it. I wanted to know, what on earth was this candy cane? Well, Christmas morning came, and that was the first present I unwrapped, and it was a hockey stick. (laughs) And I gotta admit, I was a little embarrassed that I didn't figure it out ahead of time. I mean, of course it was a hockey stick, I mean, it looked like it, it felt like it, what else could it be? I missed all the clues of knowing what it was. And I was thinking about that story as uh, I was working on this passage today from this amazing Gospel of John. I've really appreciated this book of John this year. The last few months now, I've been studying this book with one of you, and each week, we look at a chapter in this book, and it's amazing. And each week, at the end of reading the chapter and talking about it, we often say to one another, The disciples never got it. In many ways, they were like me with the hockey stick. The clues and the signs about who Jesus was, why he came, they completely missed. And the truth of the matter is, whether you are a longtime follower of Jesus, you're in process of faith right now, or you're in between. I believe that all of us, all of us at times, miss the clues and the signs of who Jesus truly is. And this is especially true during this time of the year. During the season of Advent and what we're going to celebrate in five days. If you're like me, we miss the significance of what it's all about. We easily get distracted about the beauty of who Jesus is. We miss the greatness of Christ. The giver of light who comes to our rescue. And this is what I want to focus on briefly with you today. The greatness of Christ the giver of light, who comes to our rescue. We see the greatness of Christ at the very beginning of our passage. John wants us to know that his book is all about Jesus and God and the story of the world. So he starts with these words. In the beginning was the word. Now not only do these opening words harken back to the creation account in Genesis 1, but as well in the Old Testament, God regularly acts by means of his word. In the Old Testament, the word of God denotes God in action. What God says happens. The word of God brings about life, healing, and hope. The word of God brings about creation, revelation, and deliverance. And what John is saying is the one that we know to be Jesus is this very word. In the beginning was Jesus. There was never a time when Christ did not exist. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. This Word had a relationship with the Father for all eternity. But not only that, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right away, John is hitting it out of the park, explaining the power and the significance of Jesus. And he continues on and on, and he says, all things were made through him. The greatness of Christ as the word is shouted to us at the beginning of this gospel. We have a very powerful presentation here of Jesus as the great creator God of the universe. But why does this matter to us? How does this help us today? Well, I've been thinking about a conversation I had about a year ago with my oldest daughter. I remember her telling me about a year ago that 2020 was gonna be the best year ever. And this is why she said this. She said many of the holidays are on the weekends during 2020. She said, I'm turning 21 in 2020. You're turning 50. Those are two very significant birthdays. One of my sons graduated from high school in 2020 and went off to college. One of my daughters graduated eighth grade And went into high school. So my daughter says to me, 2020 is going to be the best year ever for the Adamson family. It was not. (laughs) I don't think I need to convince any of you that 2020 was rough. There has been so much pain and loss and sadness this year. Sickness, death, injustice, oppression, isolation, brokenness, relentless struggles are just some of the words that we can use to describe this year. Some of us in this room, I know, are barely holding on as we end this year. And for some of us, what we're holding on to is, if only 2021 will be a little bit better, I'll be able to make it. Many of us have hopes that in the coming months, things will change and it'll get better. And this is a good hope to long for. This is a good thing to to cry out to God and ask for. It is good to long for 2021 to be a year of healing and restoration and peace. We can hope and long for this, but there is no guarantee that 2021 will be any better. Our trust cannot be in next year. Our trust cannot be in the fact that surely things are going to get better. If the scriptures are to be believed, then our only true trust we can have in is God and God alone. We must trust in the greatness of Christ on display in our passage today. Here is the hope, brothers and sisters, we can have Jesus as the Word is God, and He has always been and always will be in control. What we see in our passage today is the foundational truth all things were created by Him, and in Him is life. All things were created by him. And the most important thing that Jesus was a part of creating was you and me. Humanity is the pinnacle of creation. We, more than anything else in the world that the word helped create, are the objects of his love. And so this world, despite of how it feels and looks in 2020, was created by a good and loving God. Our lives, despite of how it feels was not forgotten or overlooked by God. And we can trust this, that God knows what his creation and what his people need. We can trust this, even if evidence seems to show a different story right now. We must trust in the greatness of Christ despite the pain of our lives. We must trust in the greatness of Christ despite the brokenness of our world. And we must trust in the greatness of Christ despite the darkness all around us we're in a time of the year where the days shorten and darkness comes quick at night we're in a time of the year where we can be reminded of the darkness of the world and the darkness of our lives you can't escape the darkness there is deep pain and suffering and darkness all around us many of our lives or the lives of people we care for carry the weight of darkness all around them the darkness of health issues of suffering, of pain and sickness that consumes us or consumes those we love. The darkness of depression that enslaves us. The darkness of anxiety that overtakes us. Some of you today might be like the psalmist in Psalm 88 who cries out, darkness is my only friend. And if this is you today, I am sorry. I truly wish I could make it better. I can't. But what I can promise you is this. You are not alone. You are not broken. You are not beyond hope. Even if you can't believe this today, even if you don't feel this today, let me believe this for you. We are promised in our passage today that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness cannot prevail over light. Light is always stronger than darkness. John, in this chapter, points to the greatness of Jesus, the word as the giver of light. And later on in this book, Jesus himself says these great words of hope to us. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus is the true light. There is no other light strong enough to overcome the darkness in this world, the darkness of our pain, the darkness of our hearts. Darkness cannot have the last word. Darkness will not have the last word. The same God who at the beginning of time said, let there be light, and the darkness was dispelled, is the same God who came as light to this world and ultimately defeated darkness when he died and rose again from the grave. This is the true meaning of the season. This is the true significance of Advent and Christmas. Despite our darkness, despite our disbelief, despite our sin, despite our failures, we are offered the light we desperately need. The greatness of Christ, the giver of light, who comes to our rescue. And the greatness of Christ as our rescue is what verse 14 is all about. The word became flesh, And dwelt among us. The Word came down to be with us. I could have easily spent my whole time on this one verse. But as I wrap up our time together today, let me briefly point to the beauty and the hope of what this verse means for you and me today. Here's what John wants us to know and believe at the very beginning of his story about Jesus The Word came to us to rescue us. The word came to the world as a human being. That means the world shared our pain and our sufferings and our frustrations. The word Jesus knows what it is like to be in pain. He experienced on this earth true emotional, spiritual, physical pain. The word Jesus knows what it's like to feel alone. To feel like no one understands. No one is around him. His closest friends abandoned him. He knows what it's like to feel alone. The word Jesus knows what it's like to want to give up, to want to run away from God calling him to do something. Jesus knows and can relate to our pain and struggles. Jesus today is present in our pain and our longings. In that sadness you feel right now about a loss of someone you love, Jesus is present today in that pain you feel about a hopeless, broken relationship that there is no chance you think will ever be restored, Jesus is present right now. In that addiction that consumes you, that beats you up daily, Jesus is present with you now. In the darkness and the shame that you feel because of something done to you in the past or something you did in the past or something you're doing or being done to you in the present, Jesus is present with you now. The fear you have about your kids, the confusion you have about your marriage, the sadness you have about your singleness, Jesus is present right now. Now, many reject this truth. Many do not believe Jesus is present because it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it. Many, as John says in verse 11, do not receive Jesus, do not accept Jesus, do not believe Jesus. But here is the important truth to believe as we end our time together. John says these amazing words of hope to us in verse 12. All who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Any one of us that believe even just a little bit in Jesus, we are called children of God. We are his sons and daughters. We are deeply loved by God. May we believe this to be true. May we cling to this hope and may we rest in the fact of our great Savior Christ, the giver of light, who came to our rescue. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the hope we have of who you are and what you gave us in your son. And we thank you for your son being the light to dispel the darkness. May we believe that not just now when we're gathered together in worship, But when we're home alone in our pain, in our loneliness, in our sin, in our brokenness, may we there remember the truth that you love us and you have given us light and life that is our hope. In your name, amen.